here at Fearless Wealth today. Um, I intended to, to let this be an episode of like five, seven, or ten minutes. Well, that didn't go as planned. Um, I went naturally with the flow. I am discussing governments. I am discussing authority, the infantilizing of ourselves. I'm talking about internal coherence, but mostly I'm speaking about language, etymology, um, the origin of me of words and the meaning of words and how modern times are bastardizing and rebranding all of that and how it influences our thinking, our brain, our mind, our behavior, our opinions, the way we act and the way we respond and react. And um, I would love, this is a uncomfortable conversation. I'm touching on a bunch of uncomfortable shit. Rape, racism, slavery, um, not the racial one, the current world war, socialism, communism, capitalism, governments, etc., etc. Just hop on with me here at Fearless Wealth. It's your favorite opinionated contour dominatrix friend, money witch, demon whisper, alleged demon queen. Business bitch and five percenter, so the Mercedes. And today I posted a, um, I made a post on Facebook about the extreme, the extreme polarities that I'm seeing in the United States. For those who don't know. Um, I have recently relocated from East Europe and West Europe to first to Mexico, and then I hopped over to the United States. So I'm having a complete different perception of how everything operates here and how the world um, is different here, basically, right? Which makes sense. And people always talk, Tell me, oh, like, can you talk about it a bit more? So, so yeah, I'm in my talkative chair today. And as someone who masturbates to etymology, I have always been fascinated with languages. I have always been fascinated with origin and definition and traditional meanings of words, uh, phrases, concepts. I am... I speak nine languages. I am certified to various degrees in seven, and um, I probably understand a little more. But the it's funny that the more languages you speak, the more you actually also get to practice um, those languages and travel the world, right? You, you start to notice certain things. And first of all, governments right now are extreme hot topic, right? Uh, we are in the middle of a COVID pandemic, and what you are seeing right now is that, again, this is a United States kind of thing uh, and an online thing. And by online thing, I'm referring to American platforms such as a Facebook, such as a Instagram, right? Platforms that are based and mostly or originally targeted at a American demographic. And that's how, so they, they carry a certain fundamental basic within. They carry within them a certain narrative. 
um, and also the way, you know, how it reaches and how it operates on the digital big data web um, of the internet. But what I'm seeing happening a lot here is that um, when I was younger, America used to be marketed as the the country of all the possibilities, of the endless possibilities. And um, it has slowly morphed into, from an outsider perspective, to a nation of extremes, almost being no middle ground, whether that's a financial middle class, whether that's a social safety net to whatever form or extent, whether that's language. Um, I see a lot of distortion and bastardizing happening in language and the meaning of words. And we do not pause enough and communicate enough to dissect the way language influences our psyche, the way language influences our perceptions, the way language influences our thinking, our opinions, um, all of that. So I made a post this morning. I'm going to just read it. I think that's easier. Claiming that daddy authorities, governments, companies, organizations would actually have your best health at interest would require the receipts for such. As you know, this is team no delusion, hashtag team no delusion. And when people make certain claims, whether that's individual people um, or, you know, groups, whatever, I want to see the receipts, meaning I want to see the tangible evidence for the claims they are making. So coming back to the status, claiming that daddy authorities would actually have our best health at interest would require the receipts for such. Meanwhile, fast food, cigarettes, alcohol are marketed more than ever in a way that makes them not only more appealing and accessible, but in a way that makes the healthier options less available and less accessible. Proper accessible education is far and in between, if not affordable at all. And the people who actually are the governors or executors of industry that are on the ground to help you are underpaid, such as teachers, nurses, etc., etc. Furthermore, the health industry in the West is a profit-based one at alarming rates. But country daddy has your health at their best interest, right? And a lot of laughing smileys. I mean... Hashtag whatever rocks your coping mechanism. The world is plagued by digital crack, dopamine, and convenience. And the memories seem to be extremely short-term where it's been publicly proven that money speaks and morals do not. Not even to mention the vastly available resources of history that we can now learn about the origins and creations of country daddies, aka governments, or other systems in place. Thank you for listening by your favorite opinionated contour, dominatrix, and money, which demon whisper, alleged demon queen, business bitch, and five percenter. Um, also, they are leaf blowing here, so if that's a sound that is really out in the back a lot, I apologize. I hope you can listen just right through it. But, as I wanted to say, um, I see so much getting lost in conversation in America right now. 
Um, I'm going to be all over the place perhaps right now because I have a lot of things to say and I'm trying to make it a coherent story. Um, but somebody, you know, mental illness, for example, mental illness is a very hot topic, um, in the, mostly in the interwebs. And I looked up the available data and by looked up, I mean, I Googled not anywhere else. Um, the available data on numbers and statistics on, you know, how many people in the United States are mentally ill. And let me pull those up right now. You want to say? So mental illnesses are common in the United States. Nearly one in five U.S. adults live with a mental illness. Mental illnesses include many different conditions that vary in degree of severity, ranging from mild to, to moderate to severe. Um, and then a little bit further, it expands on 5% of the adults experience a mental illness in any one year equivalent to blah, 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 um, in a one year period. And have two disorders, or 6% have three or more. And this conversation gets really, really weird. And I want to touch on two, two things. First of all, there's, there's, it's very hard to find the definition of what does, what does a mental, what does, what defines a mental illness? Um, is it a personality disorder, which I would argue you'd always, it, it, that would be a lifelong sentence. Is it a temporary um, state of mind or mental state? What is it, right? Because everything is a mental illness right now, blah, 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 blah. Now I would, so I want to pause one thing for one thing first here. Seeing the extremes here with my own eyes in the United States, I am starting to wonder seeing a rat race at extreme proportions, seeing a system that isn't for the people in various degrees, meaning the health system, meaning the monetary system, financial system, the economy, and the educational system. Just, just so you know, by the way, the United States is the only country with credit scores. Everyone, if you don't know this, here you go, you're welcome for having your mind blown. This one is for free. Um, and I will speak on credit scores for non-Americans and even for Americans another time on a money topic. But America is also the only debt-based economy in the way that the debt base is set up right here. Now, so I want, I'm, I'm looking around here um, and I'm currently in uptown hippity hop, um, Scottsdale, you know, snobby area and driving 10 minutes South, you will find yourself in Mesa, which I not only call the armpit of Arizona, but it's fucking meth capital. And the other day I was sitting in my car and I'm just looking around and it's worse than a bad movie. And, um, I'm, I'm just observing, right? I'm seeing beautiful 
100k plus cars i'm seeing bass like just you know cars that shouldn't should not be on the road at all because they're falling apart and there's such a huge space in between that's not occupied again it's just extremes and i have to question and wonder does this country have a min- mental illness problem in the sense that we you know describe it to uh, personality disorders or um ex- excessive extended periods of what we would call sadness seeing no way out or are we seeing actual extremely healthy responses to extreme situations are we seeing actual actual natural coping mechanisms to extreme external circumstances and this is it just a question to ponder um if you have any ideas on that let me know but seeing seeing what what united states has turned into again as an outsider as someone who has been visiting the united states for over 15 years 17 years um i think that the shiny part right the the shiny part of the coin is that the united states the 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 country of the endless possibilities the american dream for the in and the outsiders right it markets itself such shiny so bright so superior in the sense that this will guarantee this nation will guarantee you your best life resulting in that all these other nations who are perhaps um having more extreme or less regulated living circumstances or different type of economies that everybody wants to get here now i feel that with the rise of the internet and communication and everyone speaking and actually seeing what's happening right and being able to research that narrative has shifted um especially us europeans us east europeans our slav slav my slavic people we always refer to america as a third world country just wearing a first world jacket um living and coming from a nation where healthcare is for free where our educational system is top notch and also practically free um seeing this happen here and hearing all these crazy numbers of you know I broke my leg it cost me several thousands um and then we it's being sold as this narrative like yeah but who's going to pay for that you know we don't want to be socialist we don't want to be a communist which yes that's good please don't be socialist and don't be communist as someone from the eastern bloc no no to communism stop glorifying it please but even in language this this gets lost right because what we seem to confuse is that in in the debate of what should be um the situation is where we have a external authority right um in this case the government and the logic a natural exchange should be we the citizens pay you figures of authority for the knowledge you have and exert while having the best interest 
on a small and global scale of the citizens at hand. That's, that's why we are, we tend to be very passive when it comes to conversations around government, um, conversations around authorities in general, because that's a natural correlation we have with authority, right? Like I, I, I let you be, I let you be the boss of me. At least we have this arrangement, right? You can decide for me again, because you have an overview. You allegedly have an eagle, eagle eye perception of the situation and more things than I do. Therefore, um, I can trust that you have my best interest, meaning my health, uh, safety, etc., um, social and economic welfare, at hand. Now, obviously that's not the case. Where did I want to go with this? Um, socialism and communism. Yeah. So what gets lost in the conversation? And again, in these words and all these words get bastardized, right? Like, Oh, we want socialism. Oh, we want communism. No, the fuck you don't. The only, first of all, the only people who yell such very ignorant and stupid things I might add are people who are not versed in any history, in, in any history, nor in any current world situations, because there's a bunch of communist countries. And let me tell you, they're not fun. Part two, the people who yell shit like that are people who think they will benefit from this utopic system. Again, the receipts have been all around. You regardless if you're at the bottom of the financial or economy, uh, financial hierarchy or whatever, you will not benefit of such. However, what I think, what I'm hearing people mostly saying is that they would like human basic safety and human natural basic needs met, right? A healthcare system that actually works or at least attempts to work a educational system that actually has your learning at interest instead of money, 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 money. But again, this is a different, it's a different economic system. Um, and we can go endlessly about that. Let me tell you the first time when, um, I got really, really upset here in the United States when I, um, I, I went to uh, a phone store and I was like, I need a prepaid non-contract burner phone. And the person came up, yeah, we can arrange that, blah, blah. And he starts typing stuff in his computer. What's your name? What's your address? I'm like, why do you need any of this? He's like, yeah, that's for our system. And so we can, you know, set up, you know, the paper and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I just, I thought I was very specific that I want a non-contract, a prepaid, a burner phone. He's like, um, yeah, that's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. So even let's quickly jump back to the etymology of contract, etymology of contract, um, back to Latin times, meaning contractus, drawn together, tightened, um, a formal legally binding agreement, right? If I want a non-contract prepaid burner phone, that means I do not want 
any type of binding agreement. So it's funny to see how words very subtly are being bastardized and rebranded and remarketed. Um, but never, obviously never in the, never with the sense that it actually benefits you. It always benefits someone else who is making money of this. But why is it extremely important? And people always get so annoyed with me when I speak about this. Why is it extremely important that we speak the same language? In a world where good and bad, as everyone knows, I hate these terms, um, wants to operate by their own personal moral compass of goodness and everyone goes through these mental hoops and mental gymnastics just to be convinced that at the end of the day they are a good person but why is it important to determine if you and i whether that's again individuals or bigger groups are speaking the same language is to make sure that we launch from the same base within conversations and i'm a use a, f a few examples that you will see how it influences not only your opinions, but your further responses, your further emotions, your further reactions around very loaded topics. Now, racism is a beautiful, beautiful example, right? Most people, um, most Mayo people, most white people will blatantly make the statement, I am not racist, Right? And my first question is, can you define racism for me? And usually it comes like, you know, I don't want, you know, black people to be hung or I don't want people to, black people to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I can see that by that definition that you just subscribe to that word, you are not racist. I, I can see that. However, clearly racism the practice of racism, the execution of it, or the, the institutional, whatever type of form. I don't want to go into that details, but clearly it's much more of a broader um, meaning and uh, perhaps even more nuanced. So rape, rape is, a, rape is a beautiful example too, right? When people are like, oh, you know, I'm a rapist, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I hope so. Second of all, define rape for me because... And I have yet to trace down where that comes from. But we have this idea that rape is this violent, violent, um, this violent event when, you know, um, a woman walks down from her work or after clubbing and she gets raped in a dark alley by this complete stranger. And so, and that's rape. Right, that's kind of what we're really stuck to that definition or something along those lines. However, now that people are allowed finally to speak up, we not only do we miss new wording around that, but we also are starting to learn that um, many more external factors come in place when we are around the topic of consensual sex or safe sex and by safe i mean emotional safe being in an emotional in an environment where you feel emotionally safe enough to say no because the other consequence of uh of saying no might result in 
disproportionate or unsafe circumstances, events, reactions, responses. So I have a problem with the word rape, right? We, we now, we call everything rape. I think we lack the proper language and we, and I think we need to expand on language. Um, and this is not a, you know, poor guys, poor guys. Fuck no, absolutely no. But I do, I am absolutely hesitant in a online world, an American world of polarities to, um, name a guy a rapist just because, not just because, but because the girl didn't say no or wasn't comfortable enough to say no. Those are real things. They really happen. However, to call him a rapist, I think that dilutes the word word and the impact and the meaning of actual, perhaps more violent rapes or different scenarios, right? So we would need different type of language to explain, right, that there's a whole gray area of consensual sex and how it can look, right? Because the, the, there's, there's, there's whole demographics right now who are like, oh, so what, like nothing can be sexy anymore, nothing can be spontaneous anymore. To those I say, if you think that consensual sex or asking your partner um, if they are enjoying, if they're okay with it, if they feel safe enough um, to participate in these things, if you think that's boring, I... Sir, you do not have enough fantasy because I can make it the hottest fucking shit on the fucking planet. And I've done it. I've done, I've, sh- I've, I've, um, shown it with my friends in, um, classes where I'm like, y'all want to learn sexy consent? I can do that. I can make it the most sexy thing ever. So that's again, jumping all over the place, but we lack the language, um, to describe the different type of levels and the different nuances of situations. So now everything is rape. Everyone's a rapist. Again, language matters. What do we call people who are perhaps both under influence um, and are not in their right and healthy, clear state of mind to consent? Like, what do we call that? Do do we call that rape? I have a problem with that. Again, because words have meanings and the words we use and the way we context matters, context matters, nuance matters. And we are now such in a environment where it's all about the blame. He or she did this. He or she is that great. We can, we can jerk mentally jerk off to the victim triangle endlessly and, you know, feel like this has been done to you. And again, the emotions we feel when uh, injustice has been has been done to us or is brought being brought to us daily that's extremely valid however just doing the pointing finger hey like this is y'all fault or this is the bla- this is this where the blame is is not going to solve the thing um i would even argue that it's creating a bigger division right now of polarities um, that is not going to help anything in the world. It's not going to make, make a more pleasurable society. It's not going to make a pleasurable and more safe environment to live in, to thrive in, to want to exist in. And 
I'd like to think that we are at perhaps our peak of intellect that we can reach as human species in the sense that we have a deeper understanding of psychology, the brain, um, human nature, human behavior backed up by objective science and subjective science. And history keeps, keeps repeating itself because human nature doesn't change. So everyone's always like, so, hey, how, how is it possible that human, that history keeps repeating itself and we have these extreme figures politically and we have these uh, different shape of wars going on and we have this and this and we have these bad people. But like, how willfully ignorant are we to think that someone else is going to better the world for us or make it a better place? And this becomes... A complex conversation because you get you're 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 now dabbling and tipping your toes in the in the in the emotional weight safety and unsafety of certain demographics that experience because they have been at the targeted end and the receiving violence end of that spectrum. So I'm not saying people, people love making conclusions. Oh, so women need to do the emotional labor. Black people need to do emotional labor. Absolutely not. First of all, if you have any conclusions to what I'm saying, you need to step it back and get out of your American mind. Cause I want to step away from conclusions and extremes. I want to have conversations and figure out how, if can we solve things again, if we can, and it might be that we just can't. And what would that even look like? If the world would, if the world keeps escalating at the speed it does right now, looking at just very short history, five, 10 years from now, where are we heading? What does that look like for us? What does that look like for perhaps our children? What does that look on a small scale, big scale, these are our questions. Also, I hate that my brain works like this because I'm extremely sober and my brain works like this all the fucking time. Anyway, I don't know. I think we are collectively stuck in a victim triangle. And if you don't know what a victim triangle is, um, I don't think that's actually the official term. I always use the victim triangle, but victim triangle, drama triangle. There we go. If you don't know what a victim or what a drama triangle is, go look it up. It'll make much more sense. But yeah, I feel like that we're in the West right now, stuck in a drama triangle. And because people as individuals are feel, are feeling constantly that they're not being heard nor seen nor taken seriously. Um, nor is there any platform to actually have safe conversations because we're so attached to our identity. We're so attached to what you mean. 
my being, my existence as a being inflicts harm on you without me consciously perpetuating some sort of activity. And again, conscious being the crux in this, right? So is there a way, is there a way that we can have conversations? I don't know. What would it look like? Um, and now I'm going to speak from personal perception. What would it look like if we choose not to participate in creating a better world by popular moral and terms? Um, as many people always hear me talk, I am a active believer that violence can be an answer. Again, context mattering. I think that asking nicely, pleading, uh, pleading for compassion and empathy is a very outdated and very silly, silly angle for it requires the, the op, the, the, the predator in this case, right? In these dynamics to exist and operate from the same narrative and moral compass and moral compass and moral compass and ethics as you do the victim again however that scale looks like in whatever context so what would it look like if you would just say fuck this and i'm a do me and i'm a stop being busy shouting into the void of the digital crack you know of the facebooks of the twitter um or maybe you can, you know, you can get your dopamine shot. That's fine too. And, but what if I stop focusing on out there and them as big groups and how would I focus on my close surroundings? Cause we need conversations. We need the very unpleasant conversations. We need the discomfort. And how would, how, even reflecting back to self, how do you feel that you are, you can be both a victim in one scenario while on the other scenario or dynamic being the predator, um, with again, and conscious and, so, and unconscious here being such crucial points, right? Like, I'm using the, the, the phone always as the example. No healthy person is pro child labor or just pro slavery. Like who the fuck, who the fucking fuck. Meanwhile, if you have an Android, if you have an Apple or if you have any of such electronics, they are made by actual slaves. So again, the slaves over there, right? It's so far from your bed. So you don't have to care about that. How do you feel about that? How do you feel that your mere existence, your convenience has actively cost lives, is actively harming other people? Now, our mind will com compartmentalize. I, I always suck at that word. It will jump into tribalism because it's them over there. It's they very far away, right? Um... It's yes, but it out, we, we make this mental skill. Yes, but it brings me so much pleasure. It brings me convenience. It brings me ease, et cetera, et cetera. So we go through these mental hoops 
But what if you would just sit with the fact that you are a predator and aggressor in certain circumstances and there's nothing you can do? How does that feel? How does that feel in your mind? Can you see the mental hoops, the gymnastics that you want to go through? Can you, how does that feel in the body? And again, in this world where everything comes to light, now people are, what is it calling? Compassion fatigue? Because now everyone wants to care about everything and you get all these bandwagons like, oh, we need to care about this right now. Oh, we need to care about this right now. But you cannot care about everything. And maybe you need to come to terms with that. Again, you on the drama triangle, you are all three in different dynamics. So, I don't know, just questions, questions that I have, patterns that I observe internally and externally and on global scale to different degrees within different nations and different countries. <sighs> yeah, that's it. I think I'll leave it for that. I would love... Um, if y'all have any ideas on this, DM me or email me or Facebook me or whatever platform you're listening this to, tag me. But I would love to hear what you have to say about this and um, talk to you soon. It's your favorite opinion, contour, dominates to confront money, which demon whisperer, alleged demon queen, business bitch, a five percenter, and here at Fearless Well. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Thank you so much for listening here to Fearless Wealth. Thank you for taking the time. I would really, really, really appreciate it if you share this episode or this podcast with anyone who you think might be interested, if you liked it or if you didn't like it, and why that would be if it had sparked any inner thought process or inner any emotions. Um, screenshot it, tag me. Bara Queen B at Instagram. And let's have the conversation. Meanwhile, come check the website out, meetmeatthebank.com. I have recently pre-launched a epic, epic, epic course on how to dom, aka how to embody, embody the dominatrix archetype, how to stand firm, how to be boundaryless, how to be uh, just head on in life. And as always, I still have the beautiful, amazing course of biohacking and life hacking and our menstrual cycle and money, pleasure, creativity with amazing Jesse magic called the blood codes. And you can find the link in the description. Get on board. Let's just have these fun conversations because we want to evolve to whatever extent we deem possible or important. But anyway, I see you back at Fearless Wealth and I'll um, talk to you next time.